Hello and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast. We're being watched and we feel our pulse. I'm Pete. I'm Bob. How are you doing today, Pete? I'm doing okay. Um, I made <laughs> a grave mistake Uh-oh. last week. Uh-oh. I have a friend coming in from California tomorrow, and I told him that I'd pick him up at the airport. Okay. Guess where he's flying into. Oh, no. Are you going to say JFK? He's flying into JFK. Guess what time he's flying in. Oh, no. 7 p.m., Bob. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, do you want to leave now? Or, I mean, oh. Uh, exactly. So, hold on. Before we get into it, we're going to pull back the curtains. This is a very special In Search of Tracks podcast because we are recording at 9 a.m. in the morning. Just Early. For, for some scheduling conflicts, as, as Pete mentioned here. Um, strangely, I had a conversation with my significant other today, this morning, uh, we're going, we're flying out to California at the end of this month. And I was like, Oh, where do you want to fly out of Newark or Philly? And she's like, Oh, it doesn't really matter. I mean, Newark probably, but you know, it doesn't matter. We never think. And then we ended up talking about JFK. I think JFK might be the worst airport in the country. Yeah, maybe like once you're in there, it's fine. It's not exemplary. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But getting there is awful from everywhere. I mean, I hated going there when I lived in Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yo, I think it's easier from 80% of Brooklyn, it's easier to get to Newark than it is to get to JFK. Yeah. It, se- it certainly seemed easier. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, so I was saying on my ride, and thank you, everybody, we're now a... Uh, a commuting uh, complaint <laughs> podcast. Sometimes we're a snacks podcast. Sometimes we're a commuter podcast. Yes, that's right. Um, I said, you know, it was it was eight o'clock, and I said, hey, you know, if you needed to get up to Midtown for a meeting <clears> at nine thirty, <throat> I would say, okay, cool. We're driving back from dropping my son off at school. I was like, cool. We swing by the house, you grab your stuff, and we go, and we'd be able to make it for the nine thirty meeting, like even with fifteen minutes or so wiggle room, like hour fifteen to get into Midtown. Mm-hmm. If she was like, oh, cool, I have a 10.30 flight out of JFK saying, oh, we need to get there about an hour before to, you know. I was like, there's no chance we would make it. No chance. No. Like, JFK is an extra 40 minutes-ish from Midtown, but mileage-wise, it might be the same, which is outrageous. Yeah, that's the thing. It's the same distance. It's just it's just getting there. It whether sucks. it's Whether it's the subway or the... Or you're driving or whatever. Yeah, it's a, Dude, it's a problem. Dude, subway there is the worst. The it's worst. It's terrible. Ugh. Yeah. Man, you got me in a mood now. We're up early recording <laughs> podcasts, and you got Just me in a mood. Just thinking about traffic. Uh, um, well, I was, you know, how you doing is answered. When are you going to leave? And when, how, oh, are you going to try to, like, the other part is there's no, like, cool spot near JFK to go get food after. Like, Oh, there's nothing. Yeah. Like you have to immediately get back into the sauce. Yeah. Um, when are you going to leave to go pick them up? Um, I'm trying to think through that. Part of me wants to just have him wait a little bit. Maybe I'll oh, leave yeah. at seven just to let the traffic die die a little bit as much yeah. as I can. Um, I think leaving at five or six just seems. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there at the same time. You know, like what's the difference no, at that point? I think if you left your house somewhere in the six thirty, six forty five range, is the earliest I would leave. Yeah, 
because then you're not you know what i mean like you're hitting stuff at a significantly later time at least it's midweek um Ugh. and well, chances guys. chances are he's uh you know he's uh got to get his bags he's got to do all that stuff he's yeah, doing in the airport so yeah, he'll, be he should, he'll be fine yeah he can take in some of the culture of new york at jfk <laughs> you know it's great exactly um, before we get into it everybody we got a, a really interesting record today um follow us on social media at tracks pod and we've been getting really good emails send those emails to trackspod gmail.com all right, let's get it. What we got for today? Today, we're going to talk about Kraftwerk. Mm. Um, we're going to talk about their sixth album called Trans Europa Express. Mm. So this was one that um, I had kind of been thinking about. I think I had put it on one of our early lists. Yes. Um, but then we actually got a few requests for Kraftwerk, particularly after we did that um, Can album. Oh, interesting. Um, Bamyasi, because people were interested in kind of the kraut rock or kraut rock adjacent stuff. Mm-hmm. So I picked this one because, you know, Kraftwerk have a lot of classic albums. I feel like most of their albums are considered classics, but I think that this is the one that most people would point to and say that's kind of the the peak. This is Zenith, yeah, right. Yeah, so, so this is the one that we went with. Um, and... That's that's the story there. Um, what was your experience with Kraftwerk? This one's interesting and I'm excited to hear about because I don't know anything about how you feel about any of this. Yeah, yo, um, <clears throat> I think it's a great question. Um, if you had asked me blind, Bob, <clears throat> do you know Kraftwerk? I would go, no, I don't. And But upon listening to this record, I was like, oh, I mean, I don't, but I know some of these songs. Yeah. And uh, in in kind of preparation for talking about it, and based on my experience with the record, I did kind of seek and and dabble with a little bit of the rest of their catalog. I thought it was really interesting. I probably agree this is their zenith, but I was pretty impressed with it. at least uh, the two records before this and the record after this. I thought were all like of comparable merit and quality. Mm-hmm. So um, I was pretty interested in that. What I didn't get into was their very, ver- very early material. Okay. Um, I think I listened to Autobahn, um, but I didn't go before that. And uh, I'm kind of curious about that that stuff. So I'm interested. Um, and I'm also kind of, upon listening, I'm interested in hearing what some of their more recent records, which is kind of crazy to say, um, are like. So, uh, yeah, so, and, and to be honest, a band I don't have a ton of reference points for other than upon listening and I can, we'll, we'll get it there, but, sure. um, yeah, not a band I ever checked out and I've got some thoughts on that that we'll talk about. Uh, what about you? What was yours? So, uh, got into them in college kind of, you know, around the same time I got into can. So kind of just did the kraut rock deep dive. Um, and ended up listening to them at some point. I don't mm. remember what I heard first. I think it may have been Autobahn. Yeah. Um, just because I found it in the dollar bin or something. But right. um, I mean, cool band. Um, they've. I've always thought that they were really impressive just based on... The, I mean, they're such a singular band. Yes, I think um, that's pretty definitive. I mean, for sure, and and they clearly influenced electronic music in in kind of an 
unparalleled way. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So how how do we set this? It's. Um, I mean, electronic music would not be what it is if if not for Kraftwerk. I right. think uh, at so, this point. So, so a good reference point for someone coming from the outside, I would compare it upon listening, kind of exploring. I'm like, oh, okay. One, um, it, it, for electronic music, they sort of not just set the foundation, but were the first people to go, hello, you would like to build a house. First, <laughs> we need to build set a foundation. Here it is. And then also built the template for which most houses are designed. Not Correct. all, but most. Yeah. In addition, I think you can hear some of what they do across a lot of different types of music, whether it's post-punk, whether it's industrial, where it's, uh, you know. House all, music. Yeah. Know, all, all sorts of house dance, all that kind of stuff. Um, where it's like, oh, also, this idea that we had for foundation works for pools, recessed gardens. Da, 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 <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's... It's uh, pretty massive in that respect. And yeah, anyways, uh, when I was listening to this, um, Amanda heard it and was like, oh, I really like this. What is that? I was like, Kraftwerk. She's like, oh, yeah, I've heard of them. Okay. But she wasn't super familiar. She's kind of into a smattering of 90s electronic music, okay. but just had never checked out Kraftwerk. She's sure. like, when is this from? Like the early 90s? I was like, no, like the late seventies. And she was like, wow. <laughs> um, which I think is kind of indicative of how just in a sound, like how far advanced they were. And just, uh, the influence can be felt in a very timeless way, to say the least. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's not even just sonically. It's also aesthetically, um, like, yeah. you know, once you see the cover of the man machine or you see Autobahn or you see any of these album covers and just their kind of vibe, you'll, you'll start recognizing, you know, when people kind of are doing the craft work thing. I mean, one of the most obvious examples is um, the band Autobahn and the big Lebowski movie. Um, yes. It's just kind of all over the place. Right. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of fun. Um, definitely a singular band. I, I will say, um, you were talking about not checking out their early stuff. Yeah. First three albums. I, I haven't listened to the third, which is called Ralph and Florian in a long time. So I don't exactly remember that one, but the first two are definitely more along the lines of like can esque crowd yep. rock where it's, you know, it's, it's actual instruments. It's not all synthesizer at that point. Um, it's, uh, you know, drums, guitars, synthesizers, all that stuff, but it's more, um, rock and roll, I guess in its foundation. Yeah. Um, still with some of those weird noisy kind of funk elements there, but, um, it wasn't until I think Audubon that they really kind of found their aesthetic and their sound. So, yeah, and, and listening to what's radioactivities right after that, I thought that that was, really good and i would i liked both autobahn and radioactivity a pretty good amount also upon listening yeah um so that's that i mean you know in in the kraut rock thing i i will say like there were two kind of roads that i'm aware of there was kind of the can like instrumental funky vibe and then there was the electronic vibe which was like craft work tangerine dream um, bands like that. So, mm -hmm. um, all came out of a similar place, but 
ended up in very different places, which is interesting too, if you ever want to do that deep dive. Um, so so let me let me get some context here. How much of this was like intertwined? Like how much of this are we talking about was like, was it disparate pieces, like peaceful apart or were these people in a similar world? You know what I'm talking about? I think a lot of them were in similar worlds. Um, okay. And a lot of them, I think, God, I should have done my homework, but one of the guys from Kraftwerk, I believe, played in one or two other like kraut rock bands of the time. Okay. So, so okay. there, so there was some cross pollination there, um, mm-hmm. and I think people were being influenced by you know their peers in a in a really serious way, okay. kind of all pushing boundaries um, together. So that right. was cool. I know that this record in particular, although it kind of this is outside of kraut rock, but I know this was one of um, David Bowie's favorite albums at the time. Mm. Um, he was playing it regularly. Apparently, apparently, he would play it before um, his shows. I believe, just which at, is low key kind of a big deal. At you the know time, what I mean? definitely a big deal. Yeah, for sure. So, um, well, I mean, to to China just chime on on my listening experience here, which I think we should do a little more holistic because there's. Well, well, whatever. I think that when listening to this record, we're going to go track by track. But it is a whole composition, you know, like... Yeah. You could put a Kraftwerk song on a mix, and, and I actually think it'd be kind of cool in a different way, in a different sense, thinking about, like, what would my younger self think of this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll get back to that. But when I was doing this on kind of first glance on, on Virgin Ear, listen the only like potential reference points I could touch on some elements of Bowie in the music. You know what I mean? Just a little bit in some of the weird kind of eccentric stuff um, in terms of what they, you know what I mean? Like, um, like the, uh, what's the song? Um, Showroom dummies. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a little bit where's the other one that I thought was really kind of there's one that gets kind of spacey in this way that that Hall I'm like of mirrors, oh okay. maybe Hall of mirrors there yeah. we go thank you very much um yes spacey and quiet there's a little bit of that that's the one I meant not not showroom dummies so much but they really are pulling in a very different way from guitar music like I'm not I can't say like there's certain sonic hints, but it's not the same kind of reference point, you know, uh, and, and maybe you can give anything else. Is there anything you'd say, oh, yeah, you know what? In Kraftwerk, I hear blank. Other than bands that I, you know, I go, oh, yeah, like I can hear tons of post-punk. I can hear tons of new wave. I can hear tons of, you know, moving forward electronic stuff um, into I mean, like video game soundtrack stuff I hear. Right, yeah. But, I mean, but like, what do you hear that came before them in their sound? I, uh, that's, that's a big question mark for me. Um, I mean, a lot of this stuff, it feels to me like you can hear a lot of this in other kraut rock bands of the time. Um, you know, Tangerine Dream, for example, mm-hmm. but Kraftwerk, I don't know. It, it felt like something entirely brand new in a way. Like I know that the Stooges were one of the biggest influences, but I do not hear any Stooges here. Um, no, <sighs> So I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. So, so, so in this music, repetition is really big. Um, and 
And I think, well, and that's true in a lot of electronic music. I think that's true in kraut rock that I've experienced as well. Is that, would you say that's For uh, sure. fair? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you get that in rock music. And when I think of the Stooges, um, simple repetition in guitar music is kind of big. And what you start to see in, in various big room stuff, uh, even of the time of the 70s, is they were moving away from the repetitions were the the music was not I'm I'm wrong mouthing here. <laughs> the music wasn't defined by the repetitions, but what they were doing in those repetitions. So they reduced the repetitions and reduced that rhythm, you know? And so it was sort of simplifying it down so it was easier to follow and you would your expectation is for the listener to just follow easily. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you increase the repetition, and especially with a simple repetition, like a s- simplicity in that repetition, you're finding something there, you know, like in that motion, you know. So it's A, B, C, 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 A, B, C. You eventually find something in that as opposed to D, E, F, D, E, F, D, F, G, D, E, F. You know what I mean? So right. it's like... So that's one thing that, you know, if somebody wanted to say that you could pull that from any simple rock. Um, and could I see someone who appreciates craft work appreciating simple repetition? Yeah, that's what post-punk is too. You know? <laughs> that's <laughs> like, true. You know, it's just these kind of simple, like, but uh, aggressive repetitions if, yeah. if we can. No, that totally um, makes sense. I agree with you. I think, I think I'm thinking about your question now too. The only thing that I can point to is maybe Brian Eno. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, per, per, I would per, see that. I mean, a lot of the, you know, synthesizers and sounds, but also just that I forget the term that he used for it, but the idea of making like creating a sound musically that mirrors a sound that you'll hear in nature, for example. Right. Mm-hmm. So like just the way that uh, the song Trans Europe Express sounds like a train going down mm-hmm. the tracks. Um that's that's very Brian Eno to kind of recreate a sound that you've you've heard and make a song out of it, right? Which to me I think is one of those really kind of fun and interesting mm, ways to talk about and think about music. Is what does this feel like? What does this seem like? What is it? You know, what is a tangible representation <clears throat> of this in the real world that you can kind of make it palatable to someone? Um, if you say, hey, it sort of sounds like what a train sounds like, what it f- feels like, you know what I mean? It's not literal all the time, but it's quite often like, okay, you have this movement repetition, you know what I mean? Like there's all these things that are happening. It's it's pushing forward. And, and when you can feel that in music, it's kind of it's kind of a fun thing. Um, so, so speaking specifically on Trans Europe Express, it feels like a whole concept. It's undeniably important i think when you actually start digging into this i'm I'm looking right now but my note on it was i think this is larger reaching than i think it's is is always acknowledged in a Mm -hmm. weird way Mm -hmm. and we can get into why that is but uh, but uh, this this comment they said uh neil mccormick who's a music journalist said that um, the Beatles and Kraftwerk might not have the ring of the Beatles and the Stones, but nonetheless, these are the two most important bands in music history. 
<laughs> that's, that's a big statement, big right? Big statement for sure. But I mean, it's in a way it's tough to argue with. I mean, I've, I... I've always thought it was crazy that Kraftwerk weren't like one of the first to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, that oh, whole, thing is, that thing, whole yeah. thing is a joke in a way, but they've been, oh, they've yeah. been like on the list for I believe the last 2021. I think they got in. Oh, they did get it. They did they finally in. get in. Yeah, they yeah, did. Yeah, right. Uh, right. But, but I but, remember okay. I, wa- I watched it and there was like no kind of fanfare around it. It was just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, here they get it. Yeah. Which <clears> is, um, so, so here's the thing. When you hear a statement like that, even as somebody who's, you know, newer to it and and isn't like yo if you listen to this once it's sort of undeniable how important this is and how big it is and then when you put into register the timing of when it came out like this is very important to music like let me just say with no uncertainty Kraftwerk's more important than the rolling stones (laughs) Like end the sentence, and I mean to twenty twenty two era music, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know at any point after nineteen eighty where I don't think I would say that. Sure, yeah, you know, um, Kraftwerk still felt new in nineteen eighty, but you start to see and feel their influence right away. Um, and I think you know we aren't talking about sampling, we aren't talking about you know hip hop and that world of stuff that like it's not electronic but it's pulling from similar ideas and using some of these concepts that i think craft work were were sort of blazing the trail on yeah um and it's not to say like oh they're responsible they're not but you see some of the same things happening and it's like oh yo they could really take this you know um i'm really impressed with it and i i really you know was like oh wow okay I was, I'm, I'm pretty into post-punk. I, I like a lot of it. And the fact that I have slept on or kind of glazed over craft work to this point is a, is, is a fault of mine. And you might be in the same place. Cause you might've been like, well, it's kind of, that's more like electronic music. Right. And it's like, yeah, it, it, it firmly is. <laughs> but, but if you are open to it, I found myself really enjoying it. And, um, and I'm going to be complimentary when I, I say this, this is, absolutely perfect getting things done music oh yeah (laughs) yeah you know uh i think (laughs) if you're someone who's just looking to throw a record on and and bop in your room you might be able to do that to a craft work track or two but like really if you're working on a paper or you're in a cubicle or you're cooking in the kitchen or you're doing clean like this is a good like all right i gotta get a moving record um, I'll I think say that's important. I'll say that I'll, I'll second that, that it's, it's, it's great getting things done music. It's also great driving music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that too, actually. Um, so here's my question, Pete. I have a few before we go track by track. Cause again, as I said, I think this is more of a holistic listening experience. Do you think, well, let me start with the easier version of this. Who is this record not for? <laughs> um, who is this record not for? This record like who is, is not going to be easy on this record? Who is this not going to like? Oh, let me give this a shot. I mean, what Kraftwerk were doing at the time was so far ahead of its time um, that it sounded contemporary for a long time, a longer time than most bands sound contemporary. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I feel like. At this point, 
this music is for like it's kind of like record store music in the way that it's just it's for people doing the deep dives and interested in kind of the history of music and where certain sounds came from and certain feels came from. I don't know that there are young kids getting into craft work, although if if they end up going down certain rabbit holes, I could certainly see them finding this band. But your question was, who is it not for? So I guess it's not for, I don't know. God, it's so hard. Because I, in a way, I feel like it's for everybody in the way that it's impacted music today. Yeah, I, I, I'm, that might be a tough question, the way the initial, who is this for? Who is this not for? Yeah. If you are really, really strictly like a guitar folk person, th- this might be tough for you at first. But as I said, like you hear the stuff we talk about, you hear my familiarity with different things. I'm not purely guitar music dude, but like, come on, like a lot. This this was really cool to me. But if you're more like, hey, I'm I'm, I'm here for mostly metal or big guitar, this might not be for you. Um, sure, it you need. <sighs> If you are looking to put this on and intently listen, be ready for the, that as a listening experience because it's not for someone who has a short attention span either. Yeah, and I think I think that's the primary thing. It's 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 not for people who don't have the attention span for it um, because it really it 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 insists that you even if you're not like sitting there giving it the you know 100 attention and you know for example you're getting shit done or driving. Um, you still kind of have to, it, it requires that you get in the vibe of it mm-hmm. and, uh, and pay attention in, in a certain respect. Um, just because the repetition of it, I think demands it in a way. Um, yeah, that I think that's exactly right. I think it demands it. it. Um, and that leads me to my next question for you, which was, and this maybe is better saved for tracks, the track by track, but, um, the opener, it is not an ease in opener, in my opinion. I think it's a really pleasant and nice song. I, I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's nine minutes and forty seconds long. <laughs> longest I mean, song on the record. Longest song on the record. Although um, the B side is more or less a suite, I guess. That's, yes, it is. Right? Well, so like, I think so there's yes. Do, the B do we side, consider yes. that a song in and of itself? I'm not sure. <sighs> So they separate it into songs, but I love the B side. I think it's excellent. And if you're, you know, listening as we did, um, the B side starts at Trans Europe Express through Metal on Metal, through Abzug, through Franz Schubert, and closing with Endless Endless, which tracks out at 19 minutes. But there's movements in the suite, mm-hmm. right? So if you look at that, Europe Endless is sort of its own song um as is hall of mirrors and as is showroom dummies is europe endless the deep end it it uh, now that you're saying it 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 feels like the deep end although actually you know what i think hall of mirrors is more of a deep end it might be so i'm gonna say this i think this is a in for a penny in for a pound situation (laughs) where it's better to do Europe endless. Like, I think you have to drop in with this. Like yeah. you have to, um, I mean, thematically it also, it, it makes sense to the album. 
Yes. In and, that and, respect. And I think you have to, it, it for a first time listener or somebody listening early, yo, be ready. This is not like you, you, you kind of, you're getting what this is in that song, you know, um, which is it's repetition. There's a lot of different stuff happening. It's actually pretty bright as a track, but here you are. This is, this is this this is what you're getting in this music. Um, it's not all you're getting, but this is a good sampling, and it's. I'm not going to say it's an in or out moment, but it is. Uh, it's going to give you about ten minutes to think about: Do I like this? Will I continue? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you if you put this on and you're not feeling it by minute three, you're probably not in the right headspace to listen to this album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, any other, I mean, before we go track by track, I think it's worth noting that this is a band who I clearly knew existed. I think their name is kind of out there in the ether of underground music Mm -hmm. of all types. If you've never listened, I think this is actually a great record to just check out. Um, to me, I think you should either do this or Radioactivity. Uh, I think either of these is a nice kind of spot to start. Um, and give it a shot. It might open your ears to electronic music a little bit. I actually think it's exemplary. Not not that I'm some electronic music fan to be like, oh, this is great and this isn't. But like, if you hear this, you all of a sudden understand like, wait, this is why this music matters or this is important <laughs> in the same way as like now is, there's people who don't like the Beatles and that's fine. I'm not mad at anyone who doesn't like anything, but I think there's a lot of chance. There's a good chance that you could like this or like elements of this record. And at the very least, you're going to hear something on this that you're like, Oh, I know that part from blank Absolutely. because there's, it's so embedded into our, culture at large that you've heard parts of these songs in movies tv sampled in other songs whatever it is definitely sampled maybe at dance clubs at you know at bars you've you've heard you've heard songs from them so um any other notes from you i think that's it let's jump into the track by track you're up endless first track So, I mean, like you said, more or less the deep end, um, but it's, you can tell, you know, it's minimalist, it's rhythmic, it's textured. Um, all of the pieces that you're going to find on this album are kind of here right at the forefront for you. Um, it does sound really like big and kind of grand, Yep. um, which I think goes along with the song title and kind of the idea of this, this, uh, 
this train that connects all of the European countries together. Um, it kind of feels like the future in a way at this point, listening to it, you know, the sounds of it sound a little bit dated. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time it certainly sounded very futuristic. Um, and in a way like nostalgically, it still kind of does, um, if that makes sense. But I mean, I think it's, it's a great song. I'm with you in that a nine minute opener is tough, but I think that, they're not looking to make it easy on anyone. Um, no, no I, I think it's, I think it's appropriate. I think it's, <clears throat> so the song is inviting in a way because it's warm. It's bright. It is a big opener. Um, and I don't think you ease into the pool on this. I think you, you dive in. This is yeah. it. It's, I think it's a really good song. Um, and it, It more so than the next two songs, I think, is sort of like a introduction to the ideas of the record at large, and then especially the B side of the record, which I think is stronger material. Mm-hmm. But um, but I think this kind of is is an opening to what the themes are and how it's going to feel overall as far as the texture. Even though once you get to that B side, it's a much darker feel than this one. Sure. Hall of Mirrors. Hall of Mirrors. So. Funny thing, the first time I ever heard this song, it was actually a cover. Oh, um, interesting. Pete Kember, who was a member of the band Spaceman 3, mm-hmm. um, his band after Spaceman 3 called Spectrum, I saw them and he played this. And I was like, man, that is a great song. And then I went looking for it on his albums and couldn't find it and then realized, oh, yeah, it's a Kraftwerk song. Um, and then I got this record. So I've always really liked this song. Um Although listening to it on this, on this go round, I didn't, I I felt like it was a weird second song. Mm -hmm. It just kind of, it changes the energy really dramatically. Um, so I love the song. It's really moody. The lyrics seem a little bit more personal than I think is typical for craft work, but particularly for this album too. Um, it's definitely not background music. No, but, but it like it has this really atmospheric feel to it where it, it could be at times. Um, I hear a lot of Joy Division in this song, actually. Very much. Um, and maybe like post OK Computer Radiohead or something. Um, so all in all, great song. I think the only thing that stuck, stuck out to me on this listen was just the, the placement of it. But that being said, I don't know where else I would place it, frankly. <laughs> no, I uh I actually I really like the song. Um very very post punk feel, you know. It's like, "Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I get you. I see where you're going with this." Um I don't know. I I I guess you could have the only place I would have put this is you could have put a song in between Europe Endless and this song. Mm-hmm. Um but I wouldn't put Showroom Dummies in between the two. Um, no. I thought that the this was the best uh, kind of lyrical vocal um, track here. Uh, the Hall of Mirrors, the repetition of it. It's this weird kind of so so. A lot of music is is introspective and, and questioning of self, et cetera, et cetera. This song kind of strikes me in a weird way as having this very modern feel of this the self reflection of growing celebrity identity culture. Mm-hmm. Because like that's just this idea of 
you know, stars and what have you, uh, doesn't exist totally in, in a pre interconnected pre digital world, you know? Um, and, you know, or, you know, it's still kind of pre digital, but not, you know, digital in the way we speak, but like, uh, TV exists, radio exists, things like that exist. And, and then I think about what that was like in mid seventies, Germany, <laughs> you know, and how, uh, you know, it's a really weird thing. Um, so, uh, no, I, I actually really liked the song. Thought it was a, a really strong one. Um, really post-punk. This, this is the song, if you were going to take a song off here for a mixtape, maybe it's this one. Yeah, might be. Yeah. Next track, Showroom Dummies. Showroom Dummies. So this one, um, whereas Hall of Mirrors felt more post-punk, this feels more new wave. Yeah. To me, um, it's like this boost of energy, particularly mm-hmm. after Hall of Mirrors, which yes. again, these are these are long songs. I mean, Hall of Mirrors is um, what seven minutes long, six minutes long. Yeah, just about seven. Yeah. yeah. So more new wave feel. It's I'm upbeat. There's a boost of energy. This one, like, I kept trying to think of the theme of this record. I guess, mm. and it's it's you know, Trans Europe Express was this was like an actual train that like connected all of Europe. Yeah. Um, Europe Endless feels like it has that same theme where it's like, you know, Europe is getting more inter- interconnected. It's becoming this kind of global feel rather than like this isolated kind of country, country to country feel. Um, Hall of Mirrors and Showroom Dummies, like, although I think they're great songs, I feel like, you know, I just, I don't know how they connect to the other ones. I mean, Showroom Dummies mm. is about essentially mannequins in a store window who break out of the store window and then end up in a dance club. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so it's, it's like, it's funny. It's interesting. Um, and it's very craft work. Um, I guess I was trying to think of how it connects to the larger theme of it, but maybe that doesn't matter. (laughs) Well, I mean, to me, I think about it and I think about post-war Europe and I think about, um, that prior to World War II, Europe was a larger place. Um, and and it, I don't say it's obviously was the same size, but uh, <laughs> it was a lot, it was a more um, separated place. And post-World War II, it, it did become more interconnected, almost both out of necessity and kind of culturally, um, because they realized they realized how like borders, uh, you know, are, are meaningless lines that don't really mean anything, and somebody can just change those around if they have the force. Um, so things like the Trans European Trans Europe Express are quite literally bringing people together, and there's sort of this idea of sounds becoming more synthesized and uh, not homogenous, but. Um, interconnected and that's what I think of when I think of Hall Mirrors and then I think about um, and like the idea of identity and celebrity and and like what that means and perceptions and perception of self to self um, showroom dummy perception of self to others sure Um, so that's kind of like the more like meta take if you will Um, I like that I think showroom dummies maybe Maybe like low point of the record for me, but to say that I still really like the song, um, I agree it does. It is a little burst of energy after Hall of Mirrors. Mm-hmm. There's sort of this stilted snapping of the more percussive beat 
um, that is really pronounced. And I, I kind of reckoned with that on my like stereo, uh, like, like speaker listening while I'm in the kitchen. No problem on the headphone. Listen, it was a little much, um, <laughs> I and to be honest, that. this is the one where I wish there was the, I thought the vocal and lyrical content on Hall of Mirrors was better. And perhaps I would go a little more sparse with the vocals on this track, but uh, I did like the attempt at the same time, you know? Sure. Um, so like, it's, it's tough. Cause it's like low point, but it's not really a low. It's just like meh dip. Yeah. 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 I feel you. I mean, um, I, th- I, I would add one note too that, Apparently, this was the first song they ever did in French, um, which I like. Yeah, I believe. I mean, the 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 version I was listening to was the English version, I guess. But um, there are German versions of all of their songs, and I really? think, yeah, wow. I mean, and apparently, apparently, this was the first one they did. This first song they did in French. I don't think they did the whole album, but um, from what I read there was this really conscious attempt by them around this time to not be so not be perceived as much, as much of a German band. They really wanted to be more of like a European band. Um, (laughs) So, so that was, uh, that was the Uh, goal. Trans Europe express. Let's open with the song endless Europe. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it all plays into that, but, but um, you know, particularly the, the first record that got them, a lot of notoriety autobahn yep is uh, european very very german, uh, german right? yeah, so, yeah yeah so no it's it's it is it's actually mm, mm, i like that kind of uh a comparison comparison like kind of the bookend with autobahn there that's that's neat um next track and this is where i really enjoy this record uh and we kind of noted the b side of this record is sort of movements and they all kind of lead together but have their own thing first one is the title track Trans Europe Express on Champs Elysees leave Paris in the morning with T-E-E Trans Europe Express Trans Europe Express Trans Europe Express I mean, I'm going to have a hard time breaking out the, the movements because some of them... Then let's do this. Let's do this. All right. Um, I'll, I'll go through mine and we can talk about it largely. Trans Europe yeah. Express. Kick it off. Stark, kind of clean. Um, oddly, the intro reminds me very much of um, Final Fantasy VII, which I'm like, oh, oh the, the soundtrack for that, which is very notable in that world. <laughs> um, the OST style uh, video game stuff. I think... Um, I, it's a reference almost certainly because it's this kind of clanging grinding sound to start but um opens up sort of a i think kind of a darker feel to this um but it's still moving i think as you get into metal on metal 
I I love that bleed out. I think it's like this. You you feel you're like oh okay this is this smooth continuous thought and <laughs> and you're literally just moving from one segment to the next to the next. Abzug I think is the hit. Like if you've heard something from this record, there's a good chance you've heard this piece of it. Piece of it, yeah. no question. It's the one I'm the most familiar with in terms of like initial here. I really like how strained the sound is on this segment. Um, and then Franz Schubert, it's light. It's kind of the it's the airiest part of this block, mm-hmm. but it's it's summation. It's kind of like uh, if you're as you walk out of the woods into a field, um, yeah, you're still you're still you know walking. You're still on the journey, but but you've moved into a new piece. So, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm with all of that. Okay, give me some more thoughts on the sound because so, I, I, mean, I kind of yeah, just I mean, th- it. this this one I referenced Brian Eno before. Um, overall, I think this has the most Eno feel, just in that it's it's kind of creating these sounds that they've heard in actuality. So like the 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 kind of primary beat of the song is and it sounds like you're on a train, right? So I think yes. that's obviously very intentional. Um, that being said, yeah, I was I was listening back i was surprised at how cold it feels because europe endless feels so kind of bright and you know kind of like looking towards the future and feeling optimistic about it trans europe express like stark yeah it's stark it's kind of cold um although it does feel like that boom 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 like it's it's so big though so I, even even though it's stark it's really like grand you know there's parts of me that i think there's certainly reference to sort of the more grand like these orchestral um triumphant uh sounds of the early 20th century like like yeah 19 like uh, european stuff like the stuff for you sure play in march you know what i mean and i think you get echoes of that throughout what craft work is doing, but especially in this, in these segments. And it's like, we've moved so far in popular culture and music from that. These guys are clearly schooled in classical or like, and it's not totally, but classical and neoclassical stuff and For orchestral sure. arrangements. And I fear losing some of that is going to, leave us wanting for for these things that were like oh my god that's so cool where did they get that and if we just xerox it we're losing something i agree completely um because there's a lot there you know yeah. for sure <laughs> there's a lot there um but at the same time pete i don't know that i really want to go put on records that are like the you know the uh royal german what some call it from 1918 uh phono you know i don't know that i totally want to put that on but I'm not ruling it out, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Um, yeah. I mean, the pieces, you explaining them, I, 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 I'm I, with you um, on the explanation there. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, metal on metal is kind of just the more kind of reduced, like, let's cut everything out and just focus on this one piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Abzug is definitely more of the the piece that you've heard, you've heard before. I think Franz Schubert um, wouldn't sound out of place on a Brian Eno album. It's kind oh, of yeah. experimenting with sound in that kind of atmospheric kind of emotional way. Um, it sounds like you're making a soundtrack for an emotion or something. Oh, um, I like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
And then endless, endless. I mean, is this part of the suite? I'm not exactly sure. It's the fin. It's the clothes. Um, yeah, what I, mean, I really it, liked is if you click back to uh, Europe Endless and listen to the very open of Europe Endless, um, it's repeated here. Yeah, and it ties up all the loose ends from that from the Trans Europe Express, the B side movements. Um, and I think it's nice. I th- it's at first I was like, oh, is this going to be this big close because of the way it started? But it's it's less than a minute long. It's just kind of like this like zip. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, it's very short. It's very, um, you know, kind of atmospheric in its own way, but it's a nice little cap. It's a nice little outro um, yes. to finish off like a really big kind of at times overwhelming album. So I think it's cool. Well, Pete, we're going to go, let's, let's do some ratings. Let's talk about this music in a kind of uh, point based way. Um, holistic quality, the overall good of this record, like competent, like every little thing, like what do you give this out of 20? Holistically, I'm going to give this a 17. I was at the exact same number. Wow. 17. <laughs> now how yeah. about, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I mean, I just, I, I think that, aesthetically sonically uh, you know in terms of its influence like holistically it's it's all there i i hesitated not to give it a 20 in certain ways yeah, but I, I had little things i was like okay uh, you know but um lack of full familiarity with the genre and of craft work kept me from really outstanding on some of these things so i'll sure. note that there uh highs like the best parts of this record which as noted this is sort of a hard one to do because it's more this whole composition. I'll tell you, I gave it a five out of 10. Okay. Because as I, I said, Abzug is kind of like, oh, this is the hit. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't, I would feel weird or uncomfortable making that like, oh, you have to hear this track. Um, the same thing for Hall of Mirrors. It's a great song, but you know, I, I think really it's like, no, no, if you just want to hear one thing from Kraftwerk, you have to put on these four songs. It's about 20 minutes. <laughs> you know? Sure. Um, so I'm giving it a five out of 10, which isn't to, to diss it, but just to say, I don't know about the high feeling for me. Interesting. See, I think, I think the, if, if when I listen to Kraftwerk and I'm really in the zone, yeah, it's it's pretty high. So I actually gave it a nine. Okay, okay. Um, I was thinking more of like the peaks of the record, like how high are the highest points of the record? Okay. Yeah, so. I mean, that, that I mean, th- th- yeah, the highest points of the record, I, I think I would still kind of lean still towards going. the same. Yeah, I mean, Love it. like moments of Trans Europe Express, moments of Hall of Mirrors, um, parts of Europe Endless. I It's it's there for sure for me. Great. All right. Um lows uh i this is so if it's if there's a lot of lows you would give it a really low score if there's not a lot of lows you give it a high score i give it a seven seven out of ten because i think showroom dummies i didn't skip it for this activity but i might skip it if i was listening to this record in general sure um lows i gave it a six Mm -hmm. um and for me that's really like I like all the songs on this record. I think it's a super strong record yeah, overall. Yeah. I think for me, it's more just, it's not the type of album you can put on all the time. Um, so it doesn't, That's a good fit, point. it doesn't fit all situations. And as a result, like it can be low for me just strictly by virtue of me not being in the mood. Um, <laughs> Which, which I, I don't know. I, maybe that's not a reflection on the band and it's a reflection on me, but either way, um, 
I gave it a six. Mm-hmm. Competency or peer review? How does it stack up to its peer? Uh, to me, I gave it an eight out of ten. I could have easily given it a ten out of ten, but I am just leaving room for there to be something that was even crazier. Sure. Yeah, for me, I went with a ten. I, I just feel like it's it's competent, and you know, it's yeah. uh, unbelievably so. Yeah. Drag factor. Does this record drag at all? Um, it didn't really to me. I give it a seven out of ten. It's a little long, and there's a couple parts where you have to be in. So, as you kind of said, you have to be in the mood for this. So that's the only thing is if you aren't in the mood for this, this could really drag. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I agree with you, but I I gave it an eight because mm-hmm. um, I do feel like it flows pretty well. Oh, and then to flow, uh, I think it flows perfectly. Eight out. Oh, 10. sorry. I, yeah, I no. guess I, I guess I mean it. It doesn't drag, and as a result, <laughs> as a, as a result, it does flow. Yes. Um, yes. So yeah. Well, you know, and then so for clarity, the drag. It's like the record flows. It moves really well, but there's also the flow of if you can just put it on and it, it keeps you moving and that's the anti-drag, right? Right. Um, as far as how these songs move into each other, I think they move so well. Like the B-side of this record, it is a suite, you know, it's got classical style composition and form. Um, and as we said, the A-side maybe could shuffle things around, um, but it's, it's still there. I, I'm eight out of 10 for flow. Cool. Um, for flow, I gave it a nine. Perfect. How about aesthetic? The look of the record. I I think it's perfect. I gave it a ten. Wow. I gave it a seven. Um, okay. Because I actually think some of their other records look better. Okay. And then I was digging into it. Have you seen some of their original album covers where it's like photos of them? Yeah. I think yeah, it's that's very really interesting. odd. Yeah. yeah I, and it's not <laughs> just one. It's like a lot of them, and it's like it has this very like. 1962 pop act feel yeah um, which is cool i certainly prefer their more stark like brutal like modern looks as as you get as you keep moving or on any of the reissues like mm-hmm. uh, man machine i think is a great cover i actually like the the train cover of this record quite a bit well i was so, gonna say that too yeah i mean they've revisited all of the album artwork over the last couple of years i think okay good 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 so um still solid uh seven out of ten impact influence i think it's a 10 out of 10 undeniable right yeah yep same for Uh, me so the intangible and this is where a little bit of personal comes in um i really enjoyed it i liked it i'll listen to this more i think that matters um and the fact that it was kind of new and i i really liked it um and felt like man circling all the way back to a pin I put in and forgot about. If this was a band who was introduced to me uh, as I was getting into punk and, you know, more aggressive music, I don't know how I would have felt like at 15, I might've been weird about it. Yeah. But I also got into a lot of like new wave and like, so I'm, I'm there for the angry, angsty, hard music. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but like this new wave stuff is cool. And, and ska is cool. And as I got older, I was like, yeah, a lot of cool power pop. Cool. <laughs> I might have found room for this pretty early on uh, if I heard it prior, probably at 15 or then at some oh, point, sure. like early 20s, you know, sure. like 20. There might be a window there from about 16 to 19 where I, I might have been 
too jacked up on anger to uh, really <laughs> appreciate this the way someone should. Same for me, yeah. But either before or after, and so I'm a little sad to catch it late, but uh, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I really like it. Okay, I gave it a 9. Perfect. I think, I think it's all there. Yeah, yo, this is a really high score one for you. For me, my total was 78 out of 100. 70, oh, yours is significantly lower than mine. Mine yeah, is 88. You, yeah, nice. I feel I feel good about it. And I think you have a lot more like time with this one. Some of these factors might go up with for me over time. Yeah, I mean, and that that's the thing too. Like I didn't mention this, but uh I've seen them live and mm. it's it's the most engaging show I've ever seen where there's literally no movement from any individual on stage other than like pressing a button. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, there's obviously like a huge kind of screen with all these visuals going on. It's very cool. Um, The whole thing is unlike any show you've seen. And that's awesome. And I recommend anyone that can see them sees them. Um, That being said, like, it feels like a like an event band for me. Like, if I put Kraftwerk on, it's kind of an event. I like I want to sit with it and really be there for it. Mm -hmm. Um. Because man, if I am not in the mood, I am just like so not there for it. Yeah. Um, and that's that's like one of the weird things about this band is that, you know, we mentioned it's it's good music for getting things done, it's good music for for driving, but like yeah. it's uh and there's you know, sonically there's obviously a lot there that has impacted things over the years and blah blah blah. But like it's they're such a funny band to me, like I don't I can't think of other bands where if they are on and I'm in the wrong mood, I'm like so not there for it. So I don't I don't know. It's like it's a it's a funny relationship that I have with this band. And from what I've read of different reviews, I feel like I'm not the only one that feels this way. But um, I don't know. It's interesting. So um, you you obviously own this record. I do. I'll be adding it to my personal collection. I like this one. Good nice. record. Nice. Thank you. Nice. Um, everybody, get in the mood. Listen to some crap work. Sometimes he saw a surreal face. And sometimes a stranger at his place. Even the greatest stars find their face in the looking glass. Even the greatest stars Find their face in the looking glass And suddenly the picture was distorted 